Well, good evening, everyone. And uh, this is a great opportunity to really talk about an important, important topic. This is Dr. Stephen Jones, and we're going to be talking today about college readiness for young women and some of the most important strategies that they need to know to be successful. And I have brought to you the expert on this topic. I'm going to let her introduce herself, and we're going to jump right in. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, Dr. Jones. Uh, I am Lacey C. Clark. I have a company called Sister Sanctuary. And primarily what I teach young women and, and girls all around the world is personal empowerment and self-love. And so I apply these concepts to preparing young women to transition into college uh, on a social and emotional level. And so a lot of times young women are prepared for college on paper, but not in person. And so what I offer is tools to empower young women to transition into college so they can be safe, smart, and successful as they journey through. That is so excellent. It's, and Thank it's you. tremendously needed. Thank um, you. There are a lot of young women who are the first in their families to go to college, like I was, mm -hmm. and all of it is brand new. Yep. All of the different experiences that they have are brand new. So the ways that we can bring that to them early, yep. um, that's why we have people like you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Raven, once again. And share some wisdom. Mm -hmm. Well, what grade does what grade do you start working with the young women? Well, I have a program, but my program probably my program starts around 10th grade. Some people say ninth graders can embody it because basically um, I've created a lifestyle blueprint for young women. So mm -hmm. I have eight S's that I work with and I help young women transition not only to college, but into life. And so it's like, wow, you know, even middle school can use the eight S's. But because it's framed around the journey into college, I would say 10th grade, 10th to 12th and definitely freshman and maybe, maybe first semester, sophomore year. Okay, excellent. And that that way you're kind of getting them, you have an opportunity to prep them and have right. a lot of conversations with them. Right. So it has a personal touch to it as well as an instructional part of it. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, the, the concept primarily is for young women to be able to embrace these tools that they probably haven't been introduced to before and use the tools as a lifestyle blueprint to help them navigate their new world and the world with some positivity, empowerment, and self-love. That's really the concept. Mm -hmm. um, so why has, you know, you could work with any kind of age student or um, you could work with young men, but why, why girls? Why young women? What's, what's so important to you about that? Great question. Love that question. Well, I know. So I started Sister Sanctuary about 20 years ago. So 20 years ago now, maybe about 2004. So about almost almost 20 years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so, <laughs> isn't that crazy, right? So um, time is just zooming by. But the intention primarily was to support young women in understanding that they can create healthier realities for themselves than what they've seen in their communities. I'm from North Philadelphia. And so I um, graduated from high school uh, from at Kappa University, oh, Kappa, I'm sorry, Kappa. And I went to New York University. And, mm -hmm. you know, my world expanded and changed when I went to college. I mean, the major Major, major way. And when I came back from college, college was so significant and so powerful. Like I studied abroad, you know, I met so many international people and I worked with, you know, um, the 
elite top people in, in the world. And I came back to North Philly after I left college, right? You <laughs> talk about that coming back, right? Yeah. So coming back from New York University, you know, working with world-class people. Um, and I, but I saw my community still struggling with things that I struggled with before I went to college. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, like they went through the same thing or they're going through the same things that I went through. And I'm like, how can I be of service? How can I, you know, support you know, my community, and specifically at that time was Black girls. I work with all young women now, but Black mm-hmm. young women specifically, how can I empower them to know that the things that they consume, the negative messages they consume via media, you know, via hip-hop culture, via, you know, all these things that tell them that they are um, objects or that they basically are only for sexual use or the hypersexuality, all those things that I was that, that I was consuming when I was young, um, I saw them just navigating the world, not having any direct positive guidance, you know, and so I wanted to make a difference. And so at that point, um, I knew that it was young women because I felt like they um, didn't have much focus when I was coming up doing the programs that I was doing, much focus, it was always, you know, um, both male and female conversations, et cetera. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, young women need to understand their value and worth and know how they show up and actually ask for more, you know, demand more, uh, uh, know that they are more, they'll change the culture. So that's really what it was about. Right. And you use a good word, culture, like changing the culture, because a lot of times when you're impressing one or two, they reach out and impress others and impress others. So it's exactly. that each one reach one concept of, getting exactly. out there and and telling and and telling other young women that it's okay like it's good to be in this place absolutely yeah that gives a level of comfort as well Actually, right. I have a question you said you've been doing this for a while so um have some of the young women worked with you over the years have they been part of what you're doing well yes I have I've had some uh um I call them ambassadors, phenomenal new ambassadors. But in terms of um, a lot of the programming that I do gives them the tools to kind of go out in the world and stand strong and be firm in who they are and create all kinds of positive experiences for themselves and their relationships with their children in school. Like it's just a whole, it's a, again, it's a blueprint. So to answer your question, I have had ambassadors, yes. At the same time, um, primarily what I offer is empowerment tools for them to actually embrace so they can actually go into the world and do all the great things that they're desiring to do. Yes, yes, that's awesome. I've probably seen some of these leaders and didn't know that you were the Maybe. one that made it happen. Maybe so. so <laughs> Absolutely. I've been around yeah. for quite some time. <laughs> and I'm a Philadelphia native as well. So that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's another question. It was just when we when we met, it was like, how come in all these years we haven't met, or maybe we met and didn't realize that we met? Because Philadelphia is big, but, but it's small. small. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, it's funny because I was like, oh, yeah, we know the same people. I think we have like, like 200 connections. Yes. Yeah. 200 <laughs> connections on LinkedIn. It's like, what? So, yeah. Yeah, but for such a time as this. Yes, such exactly. Such a time as this. So when you, when you think about what you're doing in your business, uh, what mission drives you? What, what um, makes you wake up every day and say, I have to do this? Mm, that's a great question. Hmm. Well, you know, I just think about legacy. You know what I mean? Like leaving a legacy and and having other people create legacies that are positive. And again, you know, I started out and I still serve my community, meaning black, young black women, and it expanded to global, right? But I obviously know the challenges that we face as young women, as black, as black women, but then young black women face, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, to me, it's like heal. It's the healing journey. It's the knowing that you have worth and value outside of what they tell you you have worth and value for. Um, it's all of those things that like 
make me think that, you know, if only they knew, like when I began to understand my story and understand me and understand the value I had, I was like, wow, people just don't know how to tap into this. You know what I mean? And it gave me so much freedom and so much power and so much um, expansiveness. So I just really want to pass that on. You know what I mean? Because so people, so many people are just like, you know, stuck in boxes that they say they should stay in. And I'm saying once you realize that there's so many other things to attain or see and evolve into, grow, all those things, like, wow, like, let me share this. So it really is about legacy. It's about healing. It's about, you know, um, you know, showing up full and, and being whole uh, and not thinking that, you know, you, you, you are confined to the stereotypes that they put on young Black girls, women, um, young women you know, worldwide, <laughs> it's literally a global issue. <laughs> but if I, if I look at again, our, our young women, the stereotypes that are placed upon us or them and how they can actually, you know, break free from that. Yes. Uh, I think that, that that breakthrough is something that really can help them, you know, because you easily can get stuck in a situation. Absolutely. Sometimes young people are stuck at a certain age. They have certain experiences in, in that age. Absolutely. And then as they go along, they're still carrying those issues or unresolved problems through the ages. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Yeah, what you're doing is, is empowering them to be more free. Absolutely. To be in the driver's seat of their lives. Yes. Yes. Well, I like that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's a quote. I'm, I'm putting that down as a quote. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> be in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. So you, you talked about... Um, the fact, the fact that you've been all over the world, do you see differences in the experiences across the world or are there you know, just a lot of similarities? Because um, culture certainly can affect that. Absolutely. Affect perceptions of whether women can even go to college. Absolutely, 100%. Of course, yeah, there's so many different layers of how womanhood is defined in different cultures, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, one thing that I've seen being around the world is that women in the United States, even though there are restrictions and there are issues that we still encounter, there's a lot more opportunity to define what you want to create for yourself. However, however, there's the other side to that. The other side to that is stepping away from culture and stepping away from community and stepping away from family. And so this idea of independent women or this idea of, you know, I don't need to be part of anything. I'm doing my own thing kind of thing. Like, I feel like there's a plus and a minus to that. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that because I've seen how, you know, in Malaysia where I, where I spent time, a significant amount of time, you know, it, the culture is all about the family. In fact, when you go out to the restaurants or when you go out to actually eat or consume food, they don't even have four seat tables. All their tables are like nine seats, mm-hmm. 10 seats for the family. They don't have mm-hmm. four seats mm-hmm. uh, and they definitely don't really have two because it's all about family. It's all about community. Mm-hmm. So there's two sides to that. There is, you know, I get an opportunity to define my life. I get an opportunity to create my path. I get an opportunity to walk the life or walk into the thing, the walk into where I want to be. However, um, what about family? 
If that's important to you, it's important that you understand that that needs to be a focus as well, not just I'm out trying to be the best I can be and get the bag, as they would say, um, and not think about the whole picture of the woman. And so part of what I believe you know, my program offers is an opportunity for young women to look at their whole selves, um, not just I'm trying to be successful financially. Right. Or successful in terms of what they say success is, which is accolades and, you know, degrees and all the above is that if that's what you want. And how do you also um, create the life you really want in terms of partnering and children and all that kind of stuff as well, if that's what you want. So I think a lot of times we hear the extreme opposite, which is um, do you do you do you without the other aspect of it which is be part of a a unit or be part of a group or be part of a family or create a family that's healthy as well you know what i mean so i've seen both sides you know to to, to the coin if you will yeah so i I come from a family of six children Mm, and fortunately i was blessed that my mother and my father were together for 51 years Mm. i got to see that Awesome. A lot of people don't see that today. Right. So they need these other kinds of experiences to open them up right. to these possibilities as well. Right. Um, and so I was thinking about like the, the process that you're going through with them and you're stepping them through it. What are what are there any questions that consistently come up from them that that you see on an ongoing basis? That in, reference, in reference to the ASs? I'm sorry, what do you mean? Yes. Yeah, and in reference to that, to the, your your process, um, consistent questions. No, because a lot of times, I mean, I usually ask them questions for them to think about themselves. Oh. <laughs> so, it's, so it's really, so it's again, it's self-reflective. So basically it's about the journey that, you know, so one of the things that I ask, you know, in the, in the journey of the AS is, is what are your values, right? Mm-hmm. What are your values? Um, what do you believe your mission is? Like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, they're really like turning the, the, the mirror on themselves, you know, the spotlight on themselves where they're able to really think about, mm, yeah, well, who am I? What does success mm-hmm. mean to me? Um, integrity, you know, what is it being integrity with myself? How do I be the, how am I, how do I show up authentically? What does that mean? Do I even really like this person or I'm just, you know, doing it because it's cool. Is that what I want? Like, you know, these are like really major questions that help them to self-reflect. So in that, um, they have a lot of answering to do for themselves before they ask me questions <laughs> you know what I mean like you know what I mean I mean, I, mean um, I wouldn't say there was I wouldn't say that there are consistent questions I mean questions have arose or I've addressed questions before however um, I wouldn't say they're consistent it's really the, the self-reflective work that makes the transformation okay so uh, we could do a joint work- workshop because I'm on one doing one aspect of it the just college prep uh aspect of it and you're making them whole <laughs> yes right right with with because you know what's so fun that's powerful what's so rich about this college journey and that's been so I'm going to bring it back to me again because you know college was so powerful for me it really is the bridge from girlhood to womanhood it's the bridge so when you, it's like your first time, you know, out on your own, right? You know, you're buying your own, depending on what, you know, what school you go to, but you're buying your own toilet paper, your own toiletry. <laughs> Some people, you know, like you're really getting a taste of what it is to like kind of venture off into your world and to create your world without the heavy influence of your parents, right? And, and, and your, your, um, your community of origin or whatever the case may be, right? So it's the first time. And now you're creating this bridge 
And by creating this bridge, it really is powerful because you can meet someone, you know, during the course of that time and really get derailed. You know, Mm -hmm. women have, you know, met men um, and fell in love and got totally caught up, you know, Mm -hmm. and got derailed from what it is they set out to do. Or they, you know, get an experience where um, there's some domestic violence or they get an experience where there is, you know, they get pregnant. And and I'm not saying anything is wrong with pregnancy, but the point is, if you have a vision and a plan, that becomes a thing that is a reality for you along the way, then are you prepared to handle these kind of things? So, so are you thinking about you know, the, the consequences or, or the results of your actions. So I say all this to say that, yeah, it is a, about the whole woman, a young woman. It is about that bridge. It is about the development of womanhood. You know, I know you've seen uh, photos of young women um, who uh, they first come in freshman year, right? And then the, the last, like the last day of senior year, it's like two, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So it is a major bridge. It's a major bridge. And, you know, what happens in those four years can be detrimental or really empowering, you know what I mean? And really positive. Uh, and unfortunately for some people, it becomes very detrimental. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, my, so part of what my my uh, my program, my empowerment system does is it empowers them to really grab hold of tools to think about that transition through school. It's about school, right? And the academic mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But that transition of how you're navigating your life as a young woman about to be a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. From that girlhood, leaving your parents and being a teenage girl to being a young woman, to being a woman when you come out. You know what I mean? So really, really important, important journey, really important transition. Yeah, I, I had one of my um, young women. Uh, I didn't mention at the beginning, I work at Villanova University. I'm an associate dean in the College of Engineering. And I've been doing this for about 30, oh, 39 years. <laughs> so I've uh, uh, but one one of the young women that, that um, she turned 20 last year and she said she was tearful because she really realized that I have to step into this next level of being a woman. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think even young women realize that as they're journeying through college, that they are going through some changes and they are getting more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're right on point with that. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying that transition is really key and really powerful in terms of that recognition of that, but also having tools to navigate that so they can feel more confident and empowered and phenomenal. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, yes, that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so tell me about your typical month. Like what are your activities generally uh, each month? Um, so it depends. Uh, sometimes I do online or virtual speaking engagements. Um, so, as, you know, as an entrepreneur, my life mm-hmm. is, is <laughs> different, uh, but for the most part, virtual speaking engagements or uh, launching a course uh, as I did with the Phenomenally U 8S Empowerment System. Um, and then some of it, I mean, a lot of it's living because <laughs> I created a life where it's like, okay, we have to live and work, not just work, right? Yeah. So that's something that I actually designed that I wanted to do. I didn't want to just be a person, you know, uh, that spent my life doing a lot of a lot of work. I wanted to design a life where I was able to observe the world and live in the world and make commentary about the world. So um, 
so part of it's, you know, doing online speaking engagements. So part of it is doing uh, commentary about what it is that I offer podcasts. Um, some of it's, uh, you know, launching, launching courses, et cetera. So it's, it, it varies. But mm-hmm. um, the goal and the mission of what it is I have to offer is really all about self-empowerment, self-love, and um, really in all of those, th- everything I do is centered around that self-love, personal empowerment, and knowing how to value yourself. Um, So whether I'm doing a podcast or whether I am um, launching a course or whether I am writing my life story through the work that I do, all of it is the same mission. It's just that it has diversity. (laughs) All right. So, you know, what we're going to do at this point, we're going to continue the conversation, but I wanted to give you an opportunity in the middle of this, because, you know, we want to entice the audience that's listening Share with them, you know, what uh, your website and any information that you want to share with them about your business. Sure. So um, I am, so basically, primarily I do, I have a, I'm an author, three-time author, a speaker, as well as I have a, an, an empowerment system called Phenomenally You. And Phenomenally You is an 8S empowerment system that support young women in transitioning through college and then also to life. Um, and so uh, that's available. But on my website, I have a free report. The free report is uh, the seven biggest mistakes parents make when mm. readying their gir- daughters for college and how they, they, how can they get, uh, how they can avoid them. Sorry. And you can get that on www.phenomenally, that's P-H-E-N-O-M-E-N-A-L-Y dash the letter u.com. And that's the report um, to just figure out, to, for parents to be aware of what's happening um, in college, but before they go. So they can prepare them to be socially ready and emotionally ready for that journey, not just on paper. Because so much is, is focused on preparing young women on paper. Mm-hmm. So um, when you think about the first semester of college and you, know, you're, you develop your system, what are some key things that you think uh, young women need to know as they're going into that first year, that first semester specifically? Well, yeah, that's a major, it's a major time. <laughs> it's a key time. Uh, they call it, there's actually a name for that. Um, it's called, the, well, I call it the first 42, which is the first 42 days, but they actually call it the red zone mm-hmm. or the red zone. It's called the red zone because young women are the most vulnerable on college campuses during that time. And what I mean by vulnerable, I'm saying that uh, sexual assault is the highest during that time. Mm. Um, Violence against women is the highest during that time. A lot of injuries actually happen during that time. So the first 42 or the red zone or the first six weeks of college is critical. It's critical because what's happening is that a lot of people are coming with, you know, low Mm self-esteem, trying to connect to new people. Um, being socially influenced by their peers, sometimes upperclassmen, that cute guy that everybody likes, <laughs> or what have you, what have you, um, and they are missing home. They're trying to figure out their balance. You know, I'm in a new place, a, 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 a new environment. Um, I don't have any friends. I'm trying to connect to people who I could think could think to be my friend. Um, there's alcohol involved. Uh, there's you know sadness and so there's a lot of ish, mix a lot of da- a dangerous mix of things for young women specifically during that time that make that time really they call it again the red zone which is a danger zone 
um, for young women. Um, and so Phenomenally You prepares them to understand how to look for people who would be healthy as your friend which is social, right? Because we don't talk about that. Like, how do you find a new friend? How do you connect to new people? How do you know who's good for you? Um, how do you know uh, if this guy uh, or your dating partner, because, you know, it could be, you know, male or female at this point. Um, how do you know if your dating partner is healthy for you? How do you recognize um, what party you should go to or not? How do you learn how to say no? to the alcohol that's being thrown yes. in your face during this time. You don't have to partake in these yes. experiences, but because they market college or you see college on TV or in, uh, what do you call it? All the movies is the drinking and the partying and the going crazy and all the, and the marijuana. Like you can say no, like, yes. you know what I mean? And you can develop leadership and create other opportunities for yourself where you're not sucked into that culture of, you know, over drinking, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, being vulnerable, trying to find friends and doing whatever to fit in because you feel like you want to be associated with some people. So I say all this to say that um, it's major. The first six weeks, what I call the first 42 days are major for that transition because what happens is those first 42 days can set the tone for the next four years. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's critical, um, you know, to prepare young women for that transition students in general but definitely young women yes, yes on both sides mm -hmm. um my my son my my son and daughter ended up at my college uh he was in his senior year and she was coming through his the first year and uh, oh okay yeah so she, she had that kind of covering on the campus uh the older brother yeah <laughs> that the brother was there um but I was thinking about, I was thinking about, and I didn't even put this in our questions, but I was thinking about um, social media. Do you, do you have any conversations with them about the social media as yes. it relates to their first year? S, that's one of the S's of this AS empowerment system. Okay. And so one of the AS is social media. Of course, we talk about how, you know, social media can make or break your mm -hmm. college career, literally. Like, yes. you know what I'm saying? You can have something on social media and that will devastate the future you think you have, right? Or you can use social media to make connections. You can use social media to begin creating the lifestyle mm -hmm. and aligning your lifestyle to the images you want to see based on where you want to go. So part of what, you know, Phenomenally You is about too in the, in the modules, it talks about, well, where do you see yourself? Because if you see yourself, you know, let's say you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, or let's just take four years for right now. So you want to be a teacher, let's just go there. You want to be a teacher. If you see yourself as a teacher, you need to be mindful of what you're doing that first day when you walk in, right? Because you now begin to connect to people. You begin to network, you begin to start taking the posture of what a teacher is. You're a student wanting to have a good time, wanting to meet people and have it, you know, and, and, you know, find yourself as a young woman. However, the vision is always important. Where you want to go is always important. Yes. And 
now being clear about, well, how do I get there? Are these actions going to <laughs> add up to me ultimately being the teacher I want to be or the lawyer I want to be or the doctor I want to be or et cetera? So, yes, I talk about social media and I talk about ways to navigate social media so that you can actually stay in the posture of where you want to go. You were, uh, I was doing a seminar this week and um, I was asking the students about what is the biggest distraction that they had. And we had eight different groups with about eight students in every group. And um, TikTok was like the number one thing that they said is the biggest distraction because you intend to spend a half an hour on TikTok. And next thing you know, it's two hours. And I was talking about the value of your time as a college student in study yeah. habits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you had to have a certain level of self-discipline. Sure. Sure. That's another layer of that's another layer of, you know, how they approach social, how they approach social media. But the thing that's different from when I was growing up or going through school and now is that. Right. And so the discipline is a whole nother level. You know what I mean? In terms of what, again, posturing yourself for what you want as opposed to the instructor. But the thing is this. There's ways to actually organize social media so that therefore, even though you're spending an hour of it, it's an hour of productive time that's helping you get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So if you're just watching people do little cute little dances, that's one thing. But if you're actually connecting with, um, you know, other teachers or watching other teachers are organizing their classroom, or if you're, you know, connecting with other lawyers and you'll see, and I'm not sure how many lawyers are on there, maybe. Yeah, there are lawyers on TikTok. There are, I've seen some lawyers on TikTok. <laughs> but if you know what I mean, so my point is how to organize how to use social media so it's not just like frivolous time yeah. wasted. It's actually strategic time. Now, I'm not saying that students can't enjoy themselves. Mm -hmm. I am a big, like, I'm very fun. I'm very fun. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that there is a structure or there is uh, some guide post, right? Some, uh, some ways to approach um, situations in ways that can be more beneficial than harmful. I'm going to share this caveat with you as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a first-generation college student um, as well. And again, I came from North Philadelphia going to New York University, top-tier school, high, you know, high-end, you know, parents giving their uh, their children $2,000 a month for allowance. Like, I didn't even understand what that meant. You know what I mean? Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't understand what that meant. $2,000 a month for allowance. Like, what? You know? But what I will say is that I wasn't really crystal clear on how I wanted to get to where I wanted to go prior to. No one walked me through that. No one else, no one, I was the first generation. So no one can give me some tools to help me get to the other side of graduation. I was just going through college, excited to be there. Everybody was so happy that I was going to NYU. And I was like, oh, you know, so fabulous. This black girl from North Philadelphia. It was like that hype, right? Mm, yeah. But I didn't understand what it took semester after semester to get to where I wanted to go. And so part of what I was sharing in Phenomenal You is really understanding that, hey, wait, if you actually have a strategy before you go in, you're able to get the most out of your experience and not just have all this money you're spending and not really being clear about where you're going, you know? So I really want to share that, to say that, you know, um, even and even sometimes, not even just first generation, but other college students, I mean, other uh, uh, students who've had parents who've gone to college, can just be distracted or um, what am I looking for? Confused or just not focused yes. when they go into their college experience. So uh, I just want to say that having an eye on the prize after graduation to me is so important because it helps uh, inform how you move. 
Is there any uh, person that influenced your decision to do what you're doing now? Um, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So when I told you that um, I came back to North Philly <laughs> from New York University, <laughs> they can't see your face, but yeah, the face you made was like, yeah, like that's extreme, right? Uh -huh. I stayed in New York for a while, but then I came back. Um, but I came back because when I was in New York, I was just like working. I was the substitute at first because again they didn't tell me what I should do after school um you know and I need to make money right it was like okay how do you make money so I was a substitute teacher at first I was living in Brooklyn having a good time it was like what am I really doing like how long am I going to keep doing this like what you know that wasn't clear so let me go back home so I went back home to create something which I'm grateful I did mm, but the point is this um when I came back home that's when Jill Scott was just coming like well, well she was kind of around when i was in college but then when i got out of college um she was still doing her thing Jessica has a poem called the thickness i don't know if you heard of it um okay so it's a poem called the thickness um on i think it's her live album if i'm not mistaken but it's a poem and she talks about young women being hypersexual Mm -hmm. and following in the idea of being hypersexual and hypersexualized um, and how that reality keeps young women, specifically young Black women in a box. And that made me go back to my time when I was young, coming up in North Philly and thinking that that was my biggest value was how sexy I could be, you know, mm -hmm. and how, you know, I could present my body and present myself. And I had definitely had a guidance from my mother, but my peers were stronger. They were the ones, and then media was like stronger. Like, this is the cool thing to do now. You know what I mean? Like, be like this. And if you're not like this, then you're corny. You know what I mean? Or you're whack, or you're not, you know, you're not lit or whatever the case may be. So I would say Jill, to answer that question in short, um, because she was, when I heard that, pow, that poem, it really clicked in me about what I went through when I was coming up in North Philadelphia at the bus stop. She talked about being at the bus stop, um, at the bus stops and wanting the attention and knowing that I was worth more than the attention, but the attention, you know, made me feel like I was special, you know, um, you know, and so, and so that poem really was the catalyst to the sanctuary my company, because it was like, how do I, how do I help these young women understand that they're more than what they are, portrayed to be and more than what people see them as and how they see themselves so jill definitely and of course my angela <laughs> yeah, so i would say yeah. jill and definitely my angela that's what phenomenally you is about and then the name of my um solo show is called phenomenal everywhere so uh my angelou is definitely an influence as well so what do you think it takes um to keep your passion uh, as I'm talking about students right now, what do you think it takes for students to keep their passion? You said um, the first six weeks, and there's really some research that shows Absolutely. that the most significant amount of students actually drop out within the first six weeks. Mm. Um, so what do you think that they could latch on to that would drive their passion for the rest of the semester that would keep them going the rest of their semester? Preparedness, <laughs> readiness, social and emotional readiness. <laughs> because I just don't I think they just like are clueless like it's not high school yeah. it's not high school it's just not high school at all like you don't have the same structure your own like I said it's that social I just I cannot emphasize that enough I think that that's one of the major major issues is like do you know who you're going to be coming in contact with once you get there do you know how to communicate do you know what like all of that to me is so critical you know because what if you meet a guy I mean I've heard I mean they're horror stories they're horror 
horror story of, you know, young women meeting men who, again, who abused them. I had one, I don't even want to repeat it, but, you know, one young woman who went to school and met a guy and was murdered. Like, mm. you know, like stuff like this is real. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think it's because, again, that vulnerability situation with young women, not having the tools to navigate themselves in a new environment um, and not having the tools to be able to understand what they're going to get. They're just not prepared. They're just ill prepared. So I feel like better prep. I mean, just if you, knew how, if you were prepared to go on a, a road trip, you feel more confident. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you were prepared to, I don't know, uh, uh, prepared with your outfit layer laid out before you went to, I don't know, a wedding, you know what I mean? Like you just feel more confident. Oh, I gotta find, oh, I gotta find my this, I gotta find my that. You know, you're scrambling around trying to figure it out, and then you're already feeling sad, and you, then you gotta they offer you alcohol, give me the drink because I feel better, I feel calm, give me that weed because like, it's like all of this stuff happening at one time. You go in, and I'm not saying that there won't be curveballs. Right. What I am saying is that um, you are better equipped to deal with the curveballs because you have more balance. You won't allow things to just knock you off your balance as easily as someone who's ill prepared. Mm -hmm. So I think that preparing young people socially and emotionally, uh, preparing young people um, specifically for that 42, even though phenomenally you, the ADAX empowerment system goes just the first 42 specifically though for that 42 because one if you can get over that 42 in a healthy way you 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 got a little you got a grip not a full grip but you got a grasp you know what i mean of yeah. what can happen for the next four years um so that's what i think so you asking me i think um the confidence comes when there's better preparedness mm -hmm. uh, specifically again socially and emotionally now all the other stuff is 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 dire and important as well but the social and emotional preparedness is, is major. So how would you define a successful first now? Now we're looking at the entire first year student, but what would you define as a successful student? What journey have they been on? Where have they been? What have they been able to accomplish in that first year? I think, so the question is, what is a successful student based on uh, a first year, year experience. Yeah. One kind of, mm -hmm. yeah. I think a first year, a successful one year experience for a student is a student that goes through their first year with as much balance as possible. So for instance, some students may be juggling um, uh, studies, friends, relationships, um, work, right? Mm -hmm. um, work, I mean, it's so much to juggle. Yes. So they juggle and they get anxiety, which is part of the mental health challenges that are on campus, as you know. Um, they get anxiety um, and they start to crumble under the anxiety because they are not clear on how to balance all of those things at once. And so I think a first year, a successful first year student is one that goes through it with as much balance as possible. I'm not saying that you're gonna to just totally be zen the whole time. <laughs> but what I am saying is that um, when you don't know how to balance things, you can topple over quickly. So topple over, toppling over is what you'll find when you have these challenges that young people face in college, like depression, like anxiety, like, you know, um, I would even point to relationships, like, you know, um, overuse of alcohol, uh, you know, dropping out. Uh, I mean, you, I can go on, you know, with all the things that actually happen in college. So the balance to me is key that you know how to manage not only your time, but manage your energy, mm -hmm. manage your energy and how you uh, approach uh, 
that first year with all the things you have to juggle. Now, you'll you'll find that people can actually write, you know, have a calendar and write, you know, from two to four, I'm in this place and five to six. It's beyond that because work can stress you out, but then you have to study at seven. <laughs> so that's more stress, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got a little relationship you got in this, in this, in this relationship is stressing you out, right? So it's like, how do you manage all of that? Not just the time, but the emotional, uh, energetic management of all of that and being mindful of what is priority. So I think that a successful first year student is one that knows how to balance their energy and their time and their resources so they can actually come out on the other side with some sanity and some peace and some love. Let me give you an example really quickly. Mm-hmm. I talk about uh, one of the things that I created is this thing called self-love day. And then people can actually increase more, create more self-love days. But one day specifically, self-love day is the 13th of every month. And I talk about young women creating uh, creating space for um, to stop, 100% stop. So our culture is designed for us to go, go, go. That's how, that's how America's design is built up. The way, you know, you have other cultures where you have siestas and everybody stops and nobody's doing anything. It's closed. You cannot come in. We're here. It's like 24-7. You can get anything you want all the time, whatever. So, so our culture is designed things going, 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 going. What I teach and what I have um, presented for young women to, to embrace is creating time for them to absolutely stop and begin to do nurturing activities that make them feel good. And the self-love day is the 13th of every month where they can actually strategize and structure a day that nourishes themselves. So whether they just want to stop and read a beautiful book they love, if they want to, you know, just, you know, give, get a massage on campus, if there's a such thing, um, massage on campus, if they want to um, just spend the day, you know, lounging around, breathing, you know, whatever it is, it's everything down, everything down and let's celebrate, honor and give um, light and love to ourselves. That's major. Why is it major? Because it turns off the brain for a minute with all the things that they're consuming on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a, you know, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. It stops the, the, the churning of the, of the, of the, the high, the, the high energy that keeps going on in the brain and it gives them an opportunity to reset. And it helps them to reset, to look at the rest of the week, the rest of the uh, uh, the month, the rest of the day with balance. I'm going to use that word again, with balance, as opposed to, oh, I got to do this. I got to go here. I gotta, and, and then stress and anxiety that build. So um, I just wanted to say that because I feel like it's so important that they're part of the tools that are taught in an AS system, empowerment system, is, is giving them, again, the framework and the tools to set up balance for not only college, their lives. Yes. And you reminded me of a scripture that talks about um, having to do, having done everything that you should encourage yourself. Like if no one else is encouraging you, you should be encouraging yourself. Mm-hmm. Part of that is the self-care, taking time to shut down the rest of the world out there that's distracting you mm-hmm. and enjoying the life that you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. More of us need to do that. Yes. Need to take that yes. shut down time. Like I did today. I came home. 
I took a nap. I had to shut myself down. And nap is powerful. So, yes. <laughs> I yes. can make sure I'm joyous tonight. <laughs> yes. And not, and not feeling guilty. That's another thing. Feeling guilty about that. Because yeah. I think, again, I coach it so that if you're not busy, 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 busy all the time, then you're not being productive and you're not being, you know, successful. You're not whatever. And I'm like, I, I beg to differ. And so part of what I, you know, am instilling young women is, you got to stop. You have to care on yourself, love on yourself, take a moment to really nourish you, um, even in the many things you have to balance. And that includes moms. So that, again, that's what I mean by not only traditioning from high school to college, but college to life, because like, how do you begin and use these tools on a daily basis? Awesome. Man, like I said, this whole hour was going to go by so fast. Oh, that's over that already. <laughs> it's already there. <laughs> wow. Um, but I appreciate what you've shared and I'm going to say I have a, a nice audience that listens to this. The whole world needs to listen to this. The whole oh, world thank needs you. To listen to thank what you. you have to say thank and you. connect with you, whether it's as a speaker or just sharing your new your method with everyone. Um, I certainly know there's over 6,000 colleges in this country and all 6,000 need what you have. Thank you. So, yes. So thank you so much for giving me your time this evening. Now, you know, I'm going to, again, give you an opportunity to share whatever you want to share as we're about to close out and, and say thank you once again for, for coming tonight. Well, I totally appreciate being here, number one. I want to say this, so thank you <laughs> really very much for having me. Uh, well, two things I want to share. One is I want to say that I thank you for what you shared. My intention is to get it in many, as many places as possible because I do believe that, you know, we can create stronger leaders when they have better preparedness in college. Simple as that, you know. You know, the next generation of leaders usually, for the most part, well, depends, I mean, now with social media, <laughs> another story. <laughs> Another story, but in general, you know, the next generation of leaders uh, comes out of college. And if I think young women, young people are prepared uh, better, more balanced, more socially, emotionally prepared in college, then we'll create healthier leaders on the other side of that as well. And healthier parents, yes. healthier parents and healthier relationships on the other side. So I appreciate what you said, because I do think it actually is, uh, addresses, addresses so many ills and issues in our society. I do believe that. Um, that's one. Two, um, I do want to share with many people as possible. So for anyone listening, you know, wants to have the Phenomenally You ADS Empowerment System in your organization, please reach out. Um, that's number two. And number three, I wanted to just quickly go over the eight S's so people can get an idea of what they are. And so the first S is safety. And the, the first S I talk about, you know, how to deal with life, how to embrace life-saving techniques to handle common dangers of campus life. The second S is self-respect, preparing to take care of mind and body and spirit. The third S is smarts, discovering pre proven study habits and time management skills for success. And then the fourth S is sisterhood, understanding the importance of making healthy connections with other women for mental, spiritual, and physical support. And then the fifth S is sex, practicing healthy and safe sexuality as a developing young woman. The sixth S is success, learning how to walk in integrity and focus on what's important. And the seventh S is social, S is social media, mastering social media and apps to make college life safe, easy, and fun. And then the last S, which is basically what you do once you finish all the seven other S's, is service. Share what is learning others smart and successful as well and so that's the eight s's of phenomenal you and um you know those tools can be interchanged throughout the day in many situations but those s's are a guidepost for it's young nine o'clock yeah 
uh, God posts for young women to embrace um, as they travel throughout college. And okay. Um, do you want to share your website or I do. That as well? Yes, thank you. So the website is uh, the download, and I'll give you my social media handles as well, but basically you can download the free report that I have, the seven biggest mistakes parents make when preparing their daughters for college and how to avoid them. And that's on www.phenomenally, P-H-E-N-O-M-E-N-A-L-L-Y dash the letter U as in university. So phenomenally university content, um, the letter U.com. I'll say that one more time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> www. <laughs> I hope there'll be some links somewhere as well. Uh, www.phenomenally, P-H-E-N-O-M-E-N-A-L-L-Y dash U as in university.com. You know what? Why don't you uh, put that in the chat? Uh-huh. Uh, so we have that. And I'll make sure that even as I'm putting out this information, everyone knows that they can come to me and also get the information yes. as well. Yes. And uh, again, I'm Dr. Stephen Jones. My website is drjonesbooks.com. Um, I want to make sure that you have the best information as I'm presenting these in, in the podcast. I want you to hear from some of those who are experts in their field to really help you to, uh, many of us have young women that we're sitting off. In fact, there are more women going to college Absolutely. than there are men. Absolutely. In the past, it was, it was kind of flipped and there were a lot more men going to college, but now there's a lot more women who are going to college. So we need you to uh, understand that and, and value that. Uh, I do try to serve as a parent away from the parents of the students when they're on my campus. They know they can come to me for anything and any conversation is uh, what I'm all about. So I wanna thank everyone that's listening to this. Definitely make sure that you get in touch with Lacey C. Clark and it will be a phenomenal experience and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye.